Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful.com. Here with the man, Air Paris. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing well. I appreciate you. It's a, it's a warm, beautiful day here in Georgia, so if I, if I start dripping a little bit of sweat or something, just overlook me and forgive the sunglasses. Yeah, you, you told me that we were doing this out here, and I, I love different backgrounds for interviews. I like different settings and, and stuff like that, so I was all for it. I love it. Uh, but, I mean, it, I, I'm excited to talk to you about a lot of things. I was an Air Raid fan for the, for the brief time that that team was together in WCW, and uh, always wanted, I, I love doing interviews like this where I can find out more about these people that I grew up watching. And I'm interested, how did you get started in pro wrestling? Um, to be honest with you, uh, I, I think my first memory of wrestling was probably going, um, I was at my great, great grandfather's house and, um, going by the television and uh, you know how memories are They're They're mm-hmm. kind of fuzzy sometimes, but as far as my recall, I believe it was the rock and roll or the midnight on TV and they were just, uh, uh, Papa is what we called him. He was, uh, he was such a, just an old school wrestling guy sitting there in his overalls with no shirt on chewing his tobacco and, <laughs> and spitting and, and, and coming out of his seat to yell at these guys on TV for what they were doing. Um, and then cheering so much for the guys when they were doing that stuff too. And it's, it was the first time I'd seen anything that drew that much emotion out of people. So that's kind of what dragged me into watching wrestling. Then I became a, a, a little Hulkamaniac of course, and loved the warrior. Um, when I got a little older, I loved Ric Flair. Um, my sister was married to a guy who was a, a local wrestler, um, okay. and he was he was beginning to train. He was nobody you've ever heard of, but um, he was he was beginning to train. So I was this little eight year old kid that would kind of hang out around the the shows, and they they could pick me up and throw me around, or I would cut flips, or I'd climb the ropes and jump off. And so by the time I was probably thirteen, I was <laughs> I was as good as most of the local guys, you know, yeah. um, that were working in this promotion because I had as much ring time as them. Um, so. September 25th, 1993, I was 14, and um, 
they they needed a somebody to go out and get squashed in about 45 seconds so i had my very first match that night yeah in front of about i would say 10 people and eight of them were with wrestlers so <laughs> the rest i guess is um some, some sort of history that seems like a recurring theme among some of those people that were in the WCW cruiserweight division towards the end like there's a lot of people that got started really really young there like Shane Helms, Shane, yeah. a, a lot of people don't realize he was wrestling six, seven years before they saw him on TV. So the same with you. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe that's one of the reasons Shane was so good, too. He, yeah. uh, he, came, he came up around a whole lot of talent there. Um, I started wrestling then and, and never really uh, – Chris Harris says I wasn't a pro until I started getting paid. But yeah. um, I finally looked around and got um, into a match with David Young. Um, who was in TNA? A lot of yeah. guys know him. The Diamond, Messiah Diamonds in the Rough with Elix Skipper. Very familiar. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, and then David uh, basically taught me how to be a good worker. I mean, I could take bumps and stuff, but he taught me how to wrestle and what really makes a good match and brought me out of my comfort zone. We started doing lots of the, you know, Rana's off the top to the floor. I'm, you know, I'm not quite six foot tall, for, so for me to be doing that to somebody was um, a little bit more dangerous, I guess, than. You know, not to discredit what anybody that's shorter does it, but for him to be catching somebody that's you yeah. know six feet, um, that was that was something big for me to take a take a chance on. But um, lucked into wrestling David, linked up with him, wrestled him literally a thousand times everywhere in the country, and that's when we started. Well, me specifically, but David was already getting noticed. But that's when I started getting noticed. Is when I linked up with him and learned how to actually work. So occasionally when I see your name pop up on, on local results and stuff like that, I often see David Young's name attached to that. It seems like you still work him uh, here and there, at least uh, as recently as a couple of years ago. Uh, it's one of those things. Uh, I, I, when I got out of the business full time, I started doing some booking and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, when I did that, I basically um, just booked mostly my friends because my friends are all great at wrestling. Yeah. Um, and so David was one of those guys I just always, always used. So you end up in WCW. How was that first contact made? Because I know that you did quite a bit of stuff. I remember, I, th I think it was security for a David Arquette angle you were a part of one time. Uh, how, how does that call happen to first bring you into WCW, even if it's extra work? Um, I've been working for Burt Prentice in Nashville, um, Music City and NWA Worldwide, um, and also for Bill Barron's at NWA Wildside. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, Wildside became a sort of a territory, uh, like a developmental territory, as well as Music City. So yeah. we were getting we were getting those power plant guys on both both ends of the spectrum. Um, Terry Taylor uh, needed guys. They ended up sending me. Um, I believe my first spot. It's an easy one to remember. Was January third, two thousand, the very first uh, Nitro that year, um, and I was a paramedic who ran in to save um, Sid Vicious from the new NWO. So I got. Wow. Cracked with a ball bat and spray painted NWO my very first night in by Jeff Jarrett and um, Bret Hart. So, what, a, what my, I think my career could have probably been done right there. I was one of those guys, man. I was in the ring with Bret Hart and Jeff Jarrett. That, that was the pinnacle at that point for me. So, did you have any interaction with them before, after anything, feedback? It, did you ask them or any of that? Or it, was it just like at that point of your career where you just like do what I'm told, see how it goes? Uh, do what I, do what I'm told. Try to do it right. Um, it's funny, um, and I I don't know if Storm told you about this one or not. I heard him talking about some of our extra stuff that we did. But um, the other paramedic was T.J. Gray, a guy out of Georgia who mm -hmm. wrestled as the Prodigy. Um, and T.J. was a fiery young babyface who was used to 
getting up and, and trying to fight back all the time. So he kept getting up after, <laughs> after a few baseball bat shots from the NWO. Um, so um, if you go back and watch that clip, Brett comes over and uses his, uh, his high tech to keep TJ down on the side of his face a little bit to make sure he stayed Amazing. down for the, for the finish of the thing. Yeah. I went down like a shot. I was, I was a sack of potatoes. So uh, at what point did you start getting calls in to wrestle? Cause I mean, I, just just a, literally a week and a half ago on our site, we ran we do a thing called Enhancement Stories. We will talk to wrestlers mm-hmm. about their enhancement matches. One of them was one you were in because I talked to James Storm about it. It was sure. when you yeah. and Cassidy Riley went against three count, and he told me the story about Cassidy Riley falling on his face <laughs> in the match. We everybody told him not to do that. Yeah. Every, we were like, Cass, please, it's not you know you don't want to do it in front of this this crowd on television. Um, this is not the time. He swore he could nail it, and I love Cass. I've seen him nail yeah. it a hundred times. Um, that that time he was the one he didn't nail it. Um, I couldn't. I think my first, um, my probably my first match on any sort of WCW programming was uh, a Saturday night taping, maybe against. Um, it was me, Shark Boy, and Elix against Three Count, and I owe that to Shane and Shannon. Those guys went to Jimmy Hart and vouched for me. Um, thankfully, I knew those guys from before in Music City Wrestling, um, and. They were just uh, they were there killing it and weren't weren't uh, selfish. They they wanted to help out and so they kind of pitched me to them as well. So, and those guys were so they were so fun to work with. I don't know who beat me more in WCW Chronic or Three Count, but oh gosh, they were so, they were so easy. I loved it. That was another funny one. James Storm talked about Chronic and he said that they came up to him and were like, "Buddy, this is gonna hurt. We're sorry." <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you this, and and I don't know if it's just me remembering things through rose-colored glasses or whatever, but um, Brian, I knew Brian Clark a bit because he yeah. came up in the North Georgia area where I was at, um, and then Brian Adams was just super great to me as well. I mean, just the nicest guy. So I don't remember one thing they ever did that was not as light as a feather to me. Wow. Um, from the yeah, from the big slam to I mean, their punches always looked great, but you know, like they were just butchering people, but. I, honestly, I, I think I could wrestle Chronic today if if they would, you know, yeah. if they'd call it if they'd call it slow to me. I think I could, you know, as beat up as I am, I think I could still wrestle those guys. They were so fun. They were they were kind of an anomaly because Brian Clark had been around for six seven years as Adam Bomb and Wrath, mm-hmm. and Brian Adams had been around for a decade as Crush. But they were getting this new push and getting over really well. Just absolutely, yeah, just being big badasses. Yeah, and that's what the the business needed at that point. I mean, we had plenty of cruiserweights, you know. Of course, that's what what I enjoyed watching and yeah. all that. But, but I mean, at some point, uh, paying wrestling fans want to see two big bad, you know, rough guys come together and just beat beat the piss out of guys. So, um, those two definitely had the look. I still talk to Brian Clark, um, you know, regularly. Um, that's we awesome. We shoot each other messages on social media and stuff. He's a he's always been really good to me. So, thankfully, those guys like me. If you'll go so, back and watch, there's there's some spots where they did some pull aparts and. When I was R&B security, we would we would run in and and there's one. It, looking back, I cringe because Brian Adams had a spot. He wanted me to sneak up and throw a go behind on him. Yeah, he was gonna wheel around and do the uh, the full Nelson slam on me, and I shot the worst go behind on him in the middle of a ring full of stars and everybody parts the seas so we can do this spot. And then I do the weakest go behind on the biggest man in the ring. Oh no! So so yeah, it's a little a little cringeworthy, but still. A cool, cool moment, cool memory. So I remember back then I was taking in every bit of wrestling I could get, and I remember most of those matches were on Worldwide, and they it would go from like 
chronic facing two people. Then the next week or month, they'd be like three. And then the next week or month, it'd be four. And it felt like you were a part of a few of those. A lot, if, a lot of those, yeah. Because I remember when you, you started a team with AJ, I was like, I know him. I've seen him on Worldwide a few times. I've seen him on Saturday night a few times. Uh, so were did you like did you sign a contract were you per appearance how did that work once you finally came into wcw um well i was there basically from from that january 3rd appearance i think i only missed probably two shows mm -hmm. period from from there till the end of the of the of the run um that was all per a per appearance uh they were paying us insanely to do security spots man yeah. they, i mean uh, honestly they were giving us 500 bucks a night paying for our rental cars paying for our flights i mean what? it was it was nuts and they were bringing they were bringing like 12 of us in every week too my so, god yeah so for shocking guys, they went out of business right <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, i always like to tell people those were the checks that you take through the uh through you take those into the bank you don't go through the drive through yeah. with those checks with the, with the turner logo on them and they're at 21 um once we me and aj uh Terry and, and JJ Dillon had been coming to Wildside a bit, and Bill Barron's, of course, is uh, you know so instrumental in, in, of course, Alan's career. But um, everything that basically I, I feel like I um, got with as far as um, forward in in pro wrestling, I probably owe to either him or Bert because they put me in front of the right people. Um, Bill's one of those guys; he'll run through a wall for for somebody if he believes in them, um, but he's he's going to expect you to run through a wall back. So when you're working, you got to you got to really go go hard for him. Um, and, and work really hard and you'll get everything that you put in back um, from a relationship with Bill Barron's as far as that. Uh, nobody in the business is a better agent or will work harder for you. So. Instrumental in a lot of careers. He is the man. <laughs> um, and, and if you, I, you know, when I booked those shows, thankfully, um, you know, talking about all my friends are good at wrestling. Um, if it's somebody I don't know, I just call Bill and he knows them. Um, yeah. It's that easy. Yeah, we got a dark match in Baltimore. <clears throat> Me and AJ did tonight. We did the uh, the angle, I believe, uh, the book signing angle where mm -hmm. me and AJ are in the line, um, and I take the the bump from the ghost shot from DDP when he gets up. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that one that one pops up still on social media a lot. People are like, AJ Styles is DDP's biggest fan, but yeah, we'd actually we did our dark match that night. Um, we got pulled right into a side room when we. Um, got through the match. I mean, we had whatever the crowd was in Baltimore that night chanting, holy crap, you know, and um, I'll PG it up a bit. I got two little girls. I try not to That's <laughs> cuss okay, too yeah. much. Um, but yeah, um, Arn Anderson and those guys pulled us in the side room and talked to us and were like, hey, you know, get some gear. We're going to give you guys an opportunity. Um, one, one cool little memory from that I haven't thought about in years is um, I think AJ was wearing uh, track pants and he was doing like a high school role model gimmick. He wore like warm-up yeah. pants and had the 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 visor and kind of turned it sideways and I was wearing the Hardy Boy knockoff stuff and um Arn Anderson said if you guys were wearing gear if you didn't look like those people um they'd never forget who you are right now after the match you guys just had so um that was a that was kind of a, a cool cool moment with him but that, uh, a week or so later we had a FedEx um had a contract in it turned it down sent it back <laughs> you want to talk about nerve-wracking wow um, to, yeah to send a contract down uh, to get a contract and then send it back um, turn it down to ask for more money. We actually, it was the low, I think we would have been the lowest paid people ever in the history of WCW if we took that first one. But um, he, Bill got us some, uh, a little bit more money and a little bit more per appearance. And then uh, we were sort of off to the races for about two and a half months. So, how long were those deals, those contracts? And when WCW got bought out, how did that work? Because you always hear about 
a lot of the big names sitting out and all that stuff. But uh, how how that work out for you? Oh yeah, well, but not as good as those big names that got to sit out. Yeah. <laughs> um, basically, I think those contracts uh, they were for three years. Um, they had, I believe it was a ninety day out though, or something uh. to that effect. And you'll you'll hear Jim Cornette say it a lot um, in his some of his wisdom where he says. If you sign a, a five-year contract with a 90-day, you know, out clause, then you've signed the 90-day contract. Basically. Yes. Um, so that's where those big-name guys didn't have those. So I'm certain that that's probably where they were able to sit home and you know not have to worry about it or whatever. But um, yeah, once the the company was bought out, we were left off the last nitro. Um, and then, gosh, I got a call about doing an independent. Uh, show like a run of shows in California and I didn't have any idea if I should do it because technically I was under contract and I talked to um, to Bill and he said you know we don't know what's going to happen this is a guaranteed payday go go you know go do it so when I was in California I got a call to call Johnny Ace called him back and he kind of broke the news to me that yeah we're letting you guys go um, uh, you know give me six months up there I'm going to do everything I can for you I love you guys uh, I'll, I'll work really hard I, he hadn't called me yet but I saw AJ's up there so I'm thinking that at some point my call's got to be coming. It's only been, what is it, 19 years somewhere in that neighborhood on <laughs> 18 years. So um, maybe he just, I, I didn't change my number, Johnny. So if you, you know, don't, don't forget me. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how it was. The only, that was sort of a bummer. The real bummer was the the last day of our contracts was my birthday that year. Oh. So they, they kind of, oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I took that and I tell people now that you should never let a 21 year old make any sort of life decision on his own. <laughs> um, I, I took that and I pouted and I felt like wrestling owed me something. And I, I took my ball and, and ran as far away from wrestling as I could for a while. So you had mentioned the last Nitro. Were there plans for you all to appear on that Nitro that got changed? No, not, not that I know of. Okay. We were just basically we were included on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just didn't get included on the travel for that one. And, I mean, I remember specifically the first time I saw you two team together, and I was like, well, favorite team. There we go. <laughs> I I had never seen anything like what the two of you were doing. So, I mean, I remember I saw it on TV. I went to my school's computer the next morning and looked you all up <laughs> on Google. I was like, I got to know everything about these guys. That's great. So, I mean, you I all, to- if I'm reacting that way, there's got to be other people, like, in your personal lives that were like, holy crap, that, that – those appearances are amazing. Man, it's funny. You know, I heard in, a, in an interview, AJ said something about we did like five or six matches as, as a team. Yeah. But we wrestled, we wrestled each other probably, gosh, 150 times, you know, in anything from singles that were just, in my opinion, um, probably the best work I ever did. I saw a good um, two outside. out of three falls match with you all. That match was extremely fun. That's probably one of my favorite matches I ever, ever had the opportunity to do. The story we told in that, you know, coming back as partners and, um, starting out just kind of with respect and then it breaks down and then at the end of it, we, we make the new team in, in Wildside for Bill. I thought that was fun. But yeah, we, those, those matches, like all the, the tag team stuff we were coming up with that day, um, like the, the hip toss flip, catch them, throw them up and do the slam and yeah. the, the uh, crash and burn, I think they call it, where we'd sweep them up like a, a back suplex and then face plant. We came up with all that stuff the day of. Uh, it wasn't anything we kind of premeditated or, or, or anything to that effect because we'd wrestled each other so much. We kind of just knew what we could do. So as uh, you all started to gain, uh, again, short, a uh, very short team, but I mean, it's a very memorable team too, because they were establishing that cruiserweight tag team division. Had mm-hmm. you been told anything about the plans involving that? Because 
even though you all weren't heavily pushed, you were still an integral part of, of that division. There were there were some good teams there, too. Yeah, there were uh, definitely. The Jung Dragons were great. Uh, three count, just tremendous. Uh, Jamie Noble, Evan Courageous. Uh, Jamie was a dream to work with as well. I love working Did, with Jamie. Didn't you he team with him there. a couple times, like on house shows? No, never got oh, to. I thought you did. Um, I, knew, I knew Jamie from, uh, from Wildside and Music City as well, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was another guy I kind of came up with. Um, we actually got to wrestle. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. No, he wasn't in it. The only house show we did for WCW, I was thinking, was uh, it was a Four Corners tag match. It was us against Three Count, against the Jung Dragons, against Ray and Kidman. I think oh, it was a uh, weekend. Yeah, that was that was fun. Um, the Mark and me wishes that that was on videotape somewhere in the the archives. But um, yeah, that one was fun. I think that was a week or so before um, the last the last Nitro, maybe two weeks. Man, that was yeah. Uh, that sounds like an awesome. <laughs> it's like I think about that and I'm like, yeah, that that that's one where I kind of because WWE they film everything for insurance purposes now. Every house show gets filmed now, yeah. and I'm like, man, I wish I wish that one was on tape somewhere. I need to get them to. I need to find a hookup within their company that's uh, in production then because there was a cool spot I'd like to have the pro shot video of um, house show. I guess probably two years ago in Chattanooga. Um, we'd got, we'd taken my daughter Perry, um, to, to see, to see AJ because she loves him so much. And so she had her little sign that says AJ rocks and, you know, her shirt on all that stuff. And we, uh, we said hello earlier in the day. She got to take her some pictures, of course. And then after his match, I don't, I don't know who he wrestled, but he, uh, he comes running over and grabs my kid and takes her to the ring. Oh, that's so awesome. My, yeah. So my eight year old daughter's in the middle of a WWE ring and he hands her the, the world title. This is when he was the champion. So. Yeah. Uh, she holds that over my head that she's uh, she's been in the ring with the world champion and held the title, and I never never got to do any of that. Oh my gosh! So do you, I would, I'd so love to have that on on tape. Though. I'm sure they have it somewhere. I, I really am because they they film everything for just whatever purposes in case there's sure. something positive or negative. So it seems as if you and AJ still keep in touch, still on good terms. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. He's still the man. He's still the same guy he was. 22 23 years ago when i met him just a, a just a lot bigger star now um yes he, he's one of those guys he he never forgets where he came from um so we don't we may not talk every day or anything like that but i mean honestly who does when you're that busy uh but if i text he texts back or vice versa and, and he always does cool stuff for my kids so i'm really grateful to him and his family 
to check out the Boneyard match that he was in? It was it was amazing. It, I actually texted him the minute that was over and said, that's what this year's WrestleMania will be remembered for yep. positively. With all the negative dues surrounding it, and, and you know, I kind of – I, I got my feel of the the indie guys wanting to crap on it and and saying you know yeah. this sucks and there's no crowd. What are you doing? Not specifically their match, but what the the other folks were doing. And the thing is, though, all those folks are working hard, man. You know, it, you feel everything in front of a crowd of eighty thousand. I'm sure. So to do it with no crowd, um, that that had to be a a tough project for all of them. But um, Again, kudos to all them for pulling it off. But that Boneyard match, it was part uh, Roadhouse, part Metallica yeah. video, part um, Western, part uh, WWE. Just, it was amazing. I loved it. Yeah, I was actually, I reached out to Matt Hardy because, you know, he did a lot of that cinematic stuff before a lot of other people. And I said, how do you feel mm-hmm. about this? And he said, if they get a couple more years out of Undertaker doing this stuff, then I'm all for it. Absolutely, I, yeah. I could live with him being like 10 to midnight Charles Bronson in WWE, that old guy <laughs> that just beats up people in fields or whatever. I think that was a lot of fun. Oh, it was tremendous, and, and it didn't click with me until about two days after, and I, I, I messaged Jeremy Borash. I said, ah, okay, I, yeah. now I get it. That, that had to be you, so congratulations. Uh, just excellent, excellent work. So, I mean, I would imagine you'd worked with him at, at some point as well, considering mm-hmm. the fact that you know him. He's a very creative guy as well. Oh, yeah. He's a, he was the, the, secret, um, the secret weapon, forgive me, um, behind TNA for a long time. Yeah. Um, I was at a pay-per-view, and Borash was keeping time on his phone. Um, he was announcing, literally from the dressing room, he had his had microphones. So he was calling time cues out. Um, he was helping produce uh, the whole thing. He was, I mean, he was the MVP back back behind the, the scenes there but um him and bob uh Ryder were doing the wcw the internet show i can't yeah. think of what it was called um but yeah they were big about yeah back when the internet was in its in its infancy um so those guys man they were doing like a live call-in shows and stuff like that and they they uh they included us and they were always big big uh big backers for us they they did a lot for us and within that company as well no. i believe i believe those two guys actually um, and I'd have to get confirmation on this, but the night we did our dark match, we were going to get bumped. It was, we were in Baltimore. For some reason, all these dates line up for me. I mean, it was when the Ravens were in the Super Bowl against maybe yeah. the Giants. So we were at the Super Bowl party at Jocks and Jills with like us and then the whole like WCW family, like everybody else, you know. And there was talk that we'd been gotten, we were going to be bumped for time for the, the match tomorrow. And I believe Borash took us over to the table and was like, hey, um, give these guys seven minutes and they'll blow your mind or something to that effect. And then next thing you know, um, going to having a friend go to bat for us worked out well again. That's awesome. That's the type of thing I'd imagine you never forget too. Yeah, man, those guys. Yeah. And so, uh, just eternally grateful, um, to all those folks who kind of, I, I try to, I try to help folks as much as I can. Um, sometimes it's hard to, because people let you down a lot nowadays. Yeah. So for those guys to go out on a limb with their career and, and, and put their name on us, um, that, that means a whole bunch. Was there anybody else in WCW specifically that you remember going out of their way to help you, whether it be guidance, a little advice? I know that, that AJ has brought up Shane a couple times, Shane, giving yeah. him like little little bits of road advice. Yeah, um, Terry Taylor was always really good to us. I know a lot of folks like to bash Terry Taylor, but he's, he's <laughs> never been anything but a, a pro um, to us. He, he was a, a mentor as far as helping us kind of push us along teach us you know how to not how to not screw up in that environment for the first time um as far as the guys 
I mean, honestly, Shane, I'd have to go right back to him too, just because kind of helps you uh, navigate through that, that locker room uh, political scene a little bit. Hey, don't do this, do this, follow me here. You know, that kind of stuff, just so you don't, don't screw anything up near, near as bad as you could. How much interaction did you have with some of the top names in WCW? Because sometimes you would hear that they were a bit isolated, <clears throat> off doing their own thing. They would show up to work and then just kind of leave. Um, I mean, as, as I guess as much as I probably needed, maybe a bit more. Um, I didn't. I, I tried to keep my my head down and stay out of people's way for the most part. Uh, I was fortunate to be in some pretty cool spots though. Like when I was a security guy, we um, we kidnapped Elizabeth on television. And so I was an angle with her, with her for a few weeks. I don't remember how long it was. So every week we'd get to TV and we had to do all the pre-tapes. So it would be like me, um, her, Bischoff, Jarrett, Russo, um, Kimberly. That And I was kind of, since I was there every week doing the same spot, and they treated me really well. But um, Jeff Jarrett became a, a friend after WCW. I love Jeff. Um, he always was, was fun to be around. Um, everybody, you know, Booker T, everybody tr- always treated me extremely well. I can't think of anybody that was, I can think of one guy that was kind of, kind of rude a couple times, but, uh, he was just rude to everybody. I don't want to put anybody. Okay. I mean, you can bury anybody you want. No, I encourage no, it here. No, no. <laughs> uh, and, and I'll just, I'll tell the story. It's funny. It's, you know, I was a Southern wrestling guy and, um, I, I just say, excuse me, brother. And this guy looks at me, he goes, I'm not your brother. I was oh. like, okay. Then, then you're not, you have a nice day, sir. But he was, uh, he was, uh, he was less of a mid Carter probably than I was. So. Wow. Well, I, I remember, I think it was just a few months ago, I interviewed Mikey Whipwreck, and he had came over from WC, or ECW, and he was even surprised that he got that gig. And he said that he went out and had a really good match with Kidman, and of all people, Virgil, Vincent, buried him to Hulk oh. Hogan. Like, wow. oh, we, we, can't, we can't follow doing all that stuff. Did you ever get any of that, considering the, high pay, or the fast-paced style that you all had? Did anybody ever say, hey, slow it down? No, 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 no. I, and I think, honestly, I think we were a bit slower than some of the other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, no, we, uh, I, I, again, that was really the only negative interaction I ever had within the company. That's awesome. I mean, it was, and that was 15 seconds of my life. So that yeah. one's, I'm not going to let something like that kind of tarnish the, the memory of it. But no, everybody else was overall pretty, pretty good to us. So after hey, WCW closed down, you, you had mentioned you kind of stepped away from wrestling a bit. Did you ever have anybody reach out or any feelers from TNA, ROH, anything like that? Bob Ryder tried to get my my head screwed back on straight for a while with TNA, him and him and Borash both. But uh, no, I, I kind of just did my own thing. And um, I worked for Bill Barron's sort of selectively and, and did my own thing, did some, you know, books of indie shows and stuff like that. But I kind of got so, and it was so dumb. This is why I say you shouldn't let a 21 year old make any decisions for himself. I, I, we had just got a footing under us and AJ said, dude, if you, if we just keep going, we're going to be fine. We just, we just ride this thing out. It's going to be fine. And I, I just couldn't, I felt like I'd, I guess because I'd started it, you know, and, uh, at 14, I felt like I'd worked this, this whole long lifetime to get to where I was and which is dumb. I, I mean, Steve Austin didn't make it until he'd been in the business for 10 years. Right. Uh, to be the big, the big, huge star. So um, I just made a, a really, really poor decision um, and let, uh, I, I should have let discretion be the better part of valor. And I, I did not. Admittedly, I would have loved to have seen you guys face like the Briscoes and I think the Maximos, the, the SATs oh, were yeah. out there back then. Like, I think those would have been really good matches. Uh, I know you still wrestle here and there in Georgia. Like I see your name pop up. What dictates that? What makes you decide if you're going to wrestle or not? 
Uh, my my daughter. That's awesome. <laughs> but, man, yeah, I've, I'm uh, so thankful. If you'd have told again, 21 year old me that I'd be married to uh, the sweetest girl I know, and and then have two uh, just perfect kids, and and live out here in this this stuff, you know, I, I'd call you a liar. But especially if you'd have told me I'd have two girls and be happy about it. Um, I've got <laughs> I, I've I've got Perry, who's uh, she's about to be nine, and then I've got Piper, who's two. She's my little, she's my rowdy one. So Piper fits her pretty well. But um, if, if Perry decides she wants to see dad wrestle, I will do what I can to get in shape and, and do it again. But I'm, I, you know, I'm sure this won't get all the mainstream attention that the undertaker's got, but I have absolutely no desire to get into a ring and, and bump around and hit yeah. my head or, or, or no, there's, you know, I, I started getting in shape a couple of years ago and I yeah, I'd gotten to a point where I'd, I'd really gotten terribly, terribly out of shape. And when DDP saw me kind of patted me on my, my gut and said, where did that come from? Oh. And I said, I said, Oh, sir, I like to drink beer. And he said, you better start earning them. And I said, yes, sir. And so I dropped about 50 pounds and people are like, Oh, you're doing a big comeback. And I'm like, absolutely not. I just want to be able to play in the yard with my kid and not get blown up. Uh, TDP's great. His his yoga program, like I've got two wrecked shoulders, a wrecked neck. The only reason I can train MMA or wrestle here and there is because I did DDP yoga. Like it, uh, him pushing and encouraging people, it works. Even Absolutely, even yeah. if it's something subtle like that. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Uh, I haven't seen him again since, but I think he'll he'll be a little bit more pleased with me uh, than he was <laughs> last time he saw me. So uh, I actually saw that you were, or I think maybe I heard somebody had mentioned that you were backstage or at an Impact Wrestling show recently. So you're still taking in shows and stuff like that too. Um, yeah, the the Impact show, I think the last one, well, yeah, we were there. Uh, I'll be honest, I completely forgot about it. Um, uh, old wrestler brain is, is a serious thing sometimes, man. Everything that, yeah, I'm trying to think of who it was. It said, your brain's like a sponge. You have to wring it out sometimes so you can get new stuff in there. So I wring wrestling stuff out so I can remember lyrics to uh, JoJo Siwa songs and, and lullabies now. But <laughs> yeah, no, um, actually that happened. That was really cool. Um, so I definitely need to give him a shout out on this too. Lance Storm mentioned me on uh, Twitter. Oh, nice. Um, he's like, yeah, I, see, I know what this AJ Styles kid did, but what happened to Air Paris? Does he still wrestle or did he change names or, or whatever? And then um, somebody tagged me in that, and, and it, it became a sort of a funny, funny bit of a running joke. This guy on there was like, no, he died in a snowmobile accident oh, in God. 2004. And so I was like, did I? And then everybody's like, dude, this is the guy telling you he didn't die. So <laughs> I'm not arguing at all. These other people arguing for me that I didn't die in 2004. I can, I can vouch right now that I didn't. Um, I don't believe. Um, but, yeah, so Lance did that. Ross Foreman at Impact, who's their uh, – he's one of their marketing guys. He reached he's out. Who told me, he's who told me that you were there, actually. Yeah. Dude, and Ross was always just such a nice guy. Um, uh, a pro and just a really just a good person so he reached out they were going to be in Atlanta later uh, like a week or so later they had the two shows there at the um, at the Roxy and was like hey if you guys if you want to bring your daughter I'd I'd love to have you and the family come so we went down and and honestly um, even though I was out of the loop on impact and some of the the talent that they had it was an amazing show just had a really really good time start to finish um, uh, and they treated us uh, just just as good as they probably could so um, big, big thank yous to everybody at Impact for that. Yeah, I was, saw I was, David. David Penzer walks up and he goes, and he kind of looks at me. Ross is like, you know, who this is, and Penzer's like, oh my god, and he's like, I'm afraid to say because I'm not sure it's it's right. And so, like two seconds later, he asked me to do his podcast, and then says, can you still go? <laughs> and I said, I, 
maybe i'm not i'm not sure i ever could i thought i'm not sure i'd be much worse than i used to be well yeah i i was at an impact show doing media there and did a bunch of interviews and ross and i were talking about wcw names and i had mentioned you and elix skipper and he was or and uh i think monty even monty brown from the 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 early tna days Mm -hmm. and he was like yeah frank was at the show recently (laughs) and i was like man that's awesome and uh yeah that was so much fun man and uh, uh impact if you're sleeping on them you're you're doing yourself a disservice as a wrestling fan they're doing some really cool stuff i started catching up after that yeah um some really really good stuff they're doing and i think they've got some some big stuff on the on the horizon as well so i think their their brand has the best women's division in, in wrestling period they've got an insane level of talent there and yeah. uh some some really good people but uh, yeah, it, let the people know where they can follow you. Let the people know where they can they can catch up with you. Um, uh, basically, my Facebook's just a uh, I'm just Frank Paris on there. If you want to come and send me a message or something, I'd be happy to do that. I do have a Twitter. I always tell people that most times I just retweet funny stuff that Shane Helms says. Yeah. So you can find my Twitter at shanehelms.com. It's <laughs> <laughs> a and save yourself uh, well, another follow. <laughs> if it's if it's retweeting funny things that Shane says, then you're probably not doing anything because he's he's not nearly <laughs> as funny as he pretends he is. <laughs> Man, uh, he tickles me. It's uh, uh, I'll tell you a quick Shane Helm story that just made me laugh. I hadn't seen him in a while. We were in Orlando, and I went to the Bound for Glory pay per view where they did the final deletion or whatever. Yeah. And one second, Jeff Hardy's standing beside me, and Shane's talking to him, and then all of a sudden. Like Shane walks two feet to the side, comes back, and he's like, "Where'd Jeff go?" And I was like, "I I have no idea." And he looks at me, and I won't I'll paraphrase a bit, but he says that uh that dude um he really can transport and looks at me with the what's up with that face, like doesn't say it, gives me that look and just takes off like as fast power walking like fast Shane doing a Vince McMahon power walk as fast as he could. It just completely tickled me. I think Shane's um, one of the best minds in wrestling. He can he has done. Love him. Everything. everything singles tags trios stables managing booking promoting cruiserweight heavyweight yep. serious comedy he has done a little bit of everything with with the biggest names in the business yep. too so um honestly if if uh he's gonna land in a good spot i'm certain yeah um too. but his his mind needs to be um around wrestling for sure um but yeah i do have a twitter it's at air paris 33 a-i-r-p-a-r-i-s 33 um do you mind if i i, I have a pro wrestling tea store yeah of course, um, but, of course. but there's a, there's a there's a bit of a of a cool cool thing to it though um so it's pro wrestling tees dot, uh, dot com slash air paris a-i-r-p-a-r-i-s um there's a cool logo looks very reminiscent of the 2000 2001 wcw logo yeah um but if you look inside there, it says Air Raid 2001 on it. Love it. Um, so every single cent that comes off of those shirts um, is going into a separate bank account every month when they send me an invoice. Um, and the first week of December, my oldest daughter, Perry, she's going to have a check. She's going to take it um, to our local sheriff's department. Oh, She's awesome. going to hand that. She, well, our sheriff's a really good guy, um, and he knows the community inside and out. So um, we're going to allow him to donate that to a family for christmas basically anonymously from us but we're going to do it through him so and my kiddo's going to get to do that it's it's 100 her charity she's doing it i just had a friend come up with the logos um shout out to my boy brandon hillis art on twitter if you need a logo or any kind of artwork done he is the best in the business um but yeah 100 of every every bit of profit or proceeds goes to that so if you want to get a pretty cool shirt uh, if you're a wcw fan or an air raid fan or 
just want to help out a family around Christmas time. It's a pretty cool deal. Guys, check it out. Follow him. Support a good cause as well. Thank you so much for taking the time. Man, I appreciate you having me, sir. Thank you. Until next time, guys, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.